Hello, everyone. This is Jermaine A.D. coming to you live and direct. Um, so today I had a topic uh, that I wanted to talk about, and I'm calling today uh, Sermon Sunday. I know what y'all say. Oh, you about to start preaching. Well, I'm not necessarily going to call it preaching, but um, what I am going to do is just talk about a couple of different things that happened to me while I was growing up. Um, that caused me to have in a belief that, you know, there's a such thing as faith. And so I'm going to go into the first story. And that story was like uh, supposed to be, it was supposed to be traumatic. So I was probably like about 10 years old at the time. I think I was 10, 10 or 11. And uh, I kept complaining to my mom. I was like, my back hurts, my back hurts. You know, typical parent, black parent. Ain't nothing wrong with you, boy. Sit down. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You're just complaining just to be complaining. Then I kept telling her, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, there's something like really wrong. Like, I don't know what it is, but something's wrong. So she waited down the line as usual, black women, black parents. <laughs> just joking, just joking. But so we waited a little bit longer, and I finally went to the doctor, and I had to get uh, an exam. For my back, because I kept telling the doctor, I told the doctor my back was hurting. So he was just like, okay. So I go into the doctor's office and um, I'm sitting there. Well, that was the first time I went. They looked at me, they looked at my back. They was like, well, I don't think there's anything wrong. We don't see anything protruding or anything like that. So I was like, okay, cool. So then I kept, I think I kept telling her, I was like, something is wrong. I don't know what it is. So we went back to the doctor the second time, I think. And the doctor told me, he was like, I want you to, to bend down and touch your toes. And I was like, okay, that's a little weird, but all right. So I give them, touch my toes. And the doctor comes up, he says, hey, um, you might have scoliosis. Uh, okay, whatever that is. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, never even heard of it before. And so he explained to me what scoliosis was, and I was like, all right. It means I have a I don't have a normal spine, but I'm okay. He was like, No, son. Um, you have a huge curve. Not I'm not gonna say huge curve, but you have a curve in your spine. And I was like, Okay, but what is like does that mean that something's gonna happen to me? He was like, Well, Typically, what happens in these instances is that because you have a curved spine, this is from what I can remember, that you probably won't be, be that tall. And I was like, what? Now, mind you, if I'm like 11, I think, 10, well, I think it was 10 or 11, and you're going to sit there and tell me as a kid that I'm not going to grow anymore, that was like devastating. Like, as a kid, who wants to hear that they won't grow to be tall, like, because <laughs> you grow up, like, I'm going to be tall, I'm going to be da-da-da-da. So I was, like, a little hurt behind it because I was shocked that he would tell, well, I mean, he was telling the truth. So, I mean, I couldn't get mad or upset about it because it was truthful. And so I was like, whoa. So then he tells me, we might have to put you in a back brace. 
okay, so if you put me in the back brace, what does that mean for me? Now, mind you, this is as a kid. And so he was saying, well, you probably are going to be limited with a lot of things if you have to wear this back brace. So what we have to do is monitor your spine and see if the curve becomes aggressive, I should say, to the point where you need to wear this back brace. But as of right now, you don't physically need to wear the back brace. So I went to the doctor like three or four times after that. And this my spine, by the grace of God, never protruded out any further than what it was. So I was like, okay, well, that's good that that's not happening. But now what about me getting tall? Because I always felt that my dad was kind of tall. My mom was, she wasn't that tall. I always wanted to be tall. Like I just wanted to be tall. I, I just, I didn't care how tall. I just knew I wanted to be tall, right? So I go back to the doctor again. I go back to the doctor. And while I'm at the doctor's office, they tell me, hey, um, I think you're going to be okay, but we just want to, you know, it's precaution. We're going to keep you from doing certain things until we could get a hold on this. So eventually nothing happens. And I think I was 14. So I was going from the eighth grade to the ninth grade. And the thing that was crazy was I was short, but I was already wearing a size 12 shoe. So I was like maybe five, six, five, seven at the time, I want to say, with a size 12 shoe. Like I had grown feet, but a little body. <laughs> and it sounds crazy, though, but that's how it was for me growing up. I had a little body. And um, and it was crazy. And so just imagine, you know, you got this kid, lanky kid, because I'm like, in my mind, I, I know I'm not tall, but this lanky kid, real skinny, and all you see is his feet because he wore size 12. And so I'm like, man, I'm never going to grow. Like, I'm just going to be this height forever. And I'm never going to grow. And I had these humongous feet to the point I was literally clumsy growing up because my feet was way ahead of my body. So I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just keep getting laughed at. People keep joking on me because I got big feet and this little body and I'm short. <laughs> you talk about a combination. That was the combination. And so... Eighth grade comes the summer. I grew, I think, to six feet. So I went from five, seven, I think, to six feet. Ninth grade, it went from six feet, I think, to six one. No, six two. And I was just like, man, thank you, God. I said all that to say that sometimes what somebody says to you, says about you, you can let that affect you. But I knew in my heart 
and I knew it was designed by God for me to be a certain way. So me believing it, me praying on it, it happened for me because I don't believe that things just happen just because I believe that things happen because they were meant to happen a certain way. And also they were meant to help you to become a better person. So the doctor told me one thing, I believed another and I prayed for another. And that combination right there helped me to go from five, seven. No, actually from the doctor telling me I wouldn't grow to be tall to me, wind up being six foot three. And that just reaffirmed to me that if you believe in something and you want something to happen and you take it to God and you pray for it to happen, it is possibly going to happen. And I'm, I'm giving this sermon. It was not really, I don't call them sermons, but I just call them life experiences. And so it's just something that I want to convey to people is that no matter how you feel and what you're going through, just know that that point is not the end. It's never the end when you think it is because I could have pouted. I could have cried about it. I could have just gave up on the fact that I wanted to be told, but I didn't because I, I believed in my heart. I was destined to be told and I believed that I was going to be told and it all happened all for me at the same time. And I think that was prayer, believing in God, and believing in my heart that this was going to happen. And they all happened. And so what I'm vocalizing today is things can happen for you, and they will happen for you. So, you know, just choose to direct that energy when you, re excuse me, when you receive it, because when you receive that energy, it's up to you how you're going to transfer it. It's either going to be negative or it's going to be positive. But it's up to you. That's your decision that you have to make for yourself. Because once you hear it, whatever it may be, you have a decision to make. Am I going to take this in a positive way or am I going to take this in a negative way? And... I choose to try to take things in a positive way. Even though I know I can't physically see it right here in front of me, even though I know that there's other things going on around me, I have to believe that everything will get better. I have to believe that no matter what the situation looks like, when that negative thing happens, I look at it as, okay, it's preparing me for something else. I'm, I'm going in a different direction. But I try not to dwell on the negative for longer than that that minute or so or that time frame and push on forward. Because if you encompass that negative energy, what happens is that negative energy absorbs you. And then once it absorbs you, it takes over everything. And then once that happens, you go from looking at everything in a positive light to looking at everything in a negative light. And there's a ripple effect once you once those things start happening for you and you don't want that 
to be a ripple effect in your life. You want it to be, you want to have a clear mindset and you want to be focused, but you can't be focused and have a clear mindset if you're not thinking logical and you're not thinking positive. So I just wanted to share that with you. And I have several other stories that I can share about my life and how things in my life have changed. And um, another story was um, I was 22, no, 20, yeah, I just turned 21. No, 22, I'm sorry, I just turned 22. And I didn't know where I wanted to go with my life. And I couldn't figure things out. And so I was like, man, this is not good. So my mom was like, look, won't you just join the Air Force like your brother did and see where you want to be and where you want to go? So I was like, no, I don't think that's for me. That's that's not my lifestyle. So I'm not even going to worry about it. You know, that's for somebody else. And so um, I decided I was like, all right, forget it. Screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and go. So I go down, um, sign my name up. Um, this was in March. It was right around my birthday time. And I talked to the recruiter and I was like, look, man, sign me up now. And I want to go right now because if I don't go now, I'm going to probably change my mind and not want to be here any longer. And so he was like, okay, cool. We're going to sign you up. We're going to get you gone. Boom. He said, matter of fact, this young lady right here, I never forget. He said, this young lady right here is on her way down to boot camp right now. So I was like, bet, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. So mind you, that was when I first enlisted. So then he was explaining to me as I enlisted that, okay, there's a possibility that you might not go until September. I was like, if you're telling me that, I might as well just not go because it's March. You're talking about September? This is March. Like, this doesn't add up to me. Like, the, the months is not adding up, son. The months is not adding up. But I was like, okay, cool. Whatever, whatever. So I'm still working my little job. And then September rolls around. Um, so that whole time I didn't go, I mean, I was st stuck here in Maryland. So I didn't go anywhere. So I'm, I'm still here. Then... The recruiter calls. It's like, hey, man, you ready? Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm like, all right, man, whatever. So um, I go to MEPS. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me rewind. Let me back that up. Let me back that up. When I initially talked to the recruiter, I went to um, MEPS. MEPS is where you go get your physical and everything. And um, so I'm in there getting the physical done. First thing he said out of his mouth, because you have to bend over and touch your toes. Um, well, it looks like you might have scoliosis because I can see this, the, the curve in your spine. So at this point, I'm thinking like, yep, I knew it. I knew I wasn't supposed to go to the military. I knew it because they bringing this back up again. Something that I dealt with previously, but they bring it back up right now. So he was like, well, we still got to see. It has to be within a certain curvature if for them to accept you in or out of this was years ago so i don't know what they do now but he was like it's a certain curvature in your spine that they won't accept so and then they also said i had flat feet which i thought was pretty funny but he was like look we're going to look this up 
to see if we can still accept you. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I go home, I start praying. I was like, God, look, if you want me to get through this, if you want me to go here, then I'm putting this on you. This is all on you. So if this is what you want for me to do with my life, then this is what's going to happen. This curvature is not going to stop me from signing up and joining the military. Go back the next day. He was like, oh, yeah, Mr. Dumbo, you're fine. Um, it wasn't the inches. He said something about the inches weren't enough, but it was close, but it just wasn't enough. So I'm like, dodge that bullet. Finish, finished up the, the enlistment, and then it's called a delayed entry program. So after I finished MEPS in March, I, I signed my, um, my enlistment. I had to wait till September to physically join the military, right? So it's September. I'm getting on. A, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm ready to go. It was me and I think two other people at that time. So we were on a plane. We fly out. <laughs> That's the funniest thing in my life. So we fly out to, I think it was Chicago, I want to say. I think it was Chicago. We fly to Chicago. We get to Chicago. We're supposed to be connect, check, uh, catching a connector flight to San Antonio. We get to Chicago. We land. We run into the connecting flight, and then they tell us, sorry, but you guys missed your flight, and there's not another flight that's going out. So my mind, oh, so I guess I'm really not supposed to join the military because they don't have a connecting flight for me to get to San Antonio, Texas. The only flight that they have is the flight that's going back to D.C., so I guess I, I guess we gonna have to fly back to DC. Not thinking about it, logically, that you're just gonna have to wait. So they was like, okay, we can get you guys on the next flight out. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So when is that? This lady says tomorrow morning. I'm like, come on. So we wind up staying the night in the airport, sleeping in the airport. I get up the next morning, go brush my teeth, because I think we had like a bag or something. I'm like, I think I had like a little travel bag or something with me. Go brush my teeth, get up, go catch the plane from Chicago, I think it was Chicago, to San Antonio. We get to San Antonio. Um, I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, I don't even want to be here no more. Like, this just this thing just soured my whole time here. I don't want to be here. I'm ready to go get to San Antonio, we there. All I remember is people start shaving their mustaches, shaving their heads, shaving their goatees, like just shaving. Everybody's just in there shaving. And I'm just sitting there and I'm looking. I'm like, yo, why are they shaving? Like, what are they going to do that these guys is already shaving? Come to find out the purpose was because they didn't want the bar, excuse me, the barbers to do it. So they decided they were going to do it themselves. So I was like, nah, I'm good. I'll just wait. They just got to cut mine off. I'm sorry. So the next morning we get up. I mean, that same day, drill sergeants just come running in there, start yelling and screaming at everybody. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I ain't going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Next thing I know, we get on the bus. 
the yelling and screaming at us from the from the time we get on the bus to the time we get off the bus. We got a line up. And it was just crazy. Like it was the whole scene was just crazy. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, yo, just I can't even believe this is happening right now. But the best thing I can say about that experience was me joining the military helped me. Well, God allowing me to join the military helped me to see places I never thought I would ever be able to see. And on top of it, the experiences and the friendships that I was able to have based off of that little bit of experience in the military. And it stuck with me. It is stuck with me for the rest of my life to the point that my friends that I found in the military, we're still like tight friends. Like we still talk to each other. And I just wanted to let you know that sometimes you get a hurdle in your way, but don't let that hurdle block you. You just got to figure out how to get around that hurdle. Because sometimes that hurdle is there to send you in a different direction because what was previously there was something that was going to alter everything in your life. But you receiving that hurdle stopped it. But it didn't stop your progression. It just stopped what was in front of you because you don't know what was there behind it. So now you just figure out a different way. You can go around it. You go up over it. But you can always get through that hurdle. And if you want, you can go through it. So never put limits on your life. If you want to if you want to do something, go out and do it. By all means, be the first one out there to do it because you know why? That's something that you want to do. That's something you want to progress to. So go out there and try it the best way you can. Sorry for preaching. I did call this uh, Sermon Sunday, but I just wanted to get some stuff off my chest that's been on there for a couple of days. And now is the perfect time for me to push that out to people. So you guys enjoy your day. Um, this is AD signing out.